Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're in the doghouse, and we're here for a new year of podcasting about Mississippi State sports here on the Believe Podcast Network. This is your host, David Murray, and yes, the doghouse is back and open for business for 2023. Well, not that we ever closed down for business, and we apologize greatly for not having one of these podcasts this past week. Let's just say that uh, between getting the bowl game done, getting back from Tampa, and pulling a lot of things together, or trying to start pulling things together that are continuing to develop, we got a little bit busy last week. But here we are. It's time to talk again about Mississippi State sports and where things stand, where things are headed, the way things are leaning, and just things in general. Did you think we were going to slow down here in the first full week of January? Nah. We've changed directions, but everything is still going full speed in Bulldog country as Zach Arnett turns from finishing off one season to really getting the next one started with his coaching staff to be assembled. We have some news on that. We'll be talking about the ones who have been hired, the ones we expect to be announced shortly, and where the offensive coordinator search still stands, as well as a couple of remaining staff members whose status has not been clarified. Certainly the athletic director search continues. We do expect some sort of resolution this week. Now, whether that means Mississippi State will announce the new AD this week, I won't go that far just yet, but I have a really good feeling at this point that the finalist will be named and brought in for a, um, let's just say, a blessing of a, quote, interview on campus, which makes it formal who the new boss of Bulldog Athletics is going to be. Let's just say also, too, I've had to write a lot of stories, some of which we'll never see print, one of which I've already deleted. That's just what you have to do this time of year as things start shaking out. Uh, when I say this time of year, this is pretty unusual. Mississippi State has not been in this kind of situation with both an athletic director and a brand new coach hired ahead of him. Well, in my memory, uh, that's uh, a fair bit of a time involved too, even if the memory starts fading over this time. Still, oh, by the way, uh, what about players? Who's coming? Who's going? And who's sitting on their hands waiting to see who the new coordinator will be or position coaches will be before they make their decision? Remember, that NCAA portal period is still open through January 18th, so there's another week of uh, potential moves on that front as well. A lot happening, a lot about to happen, and a lot that we wish would go ahead and get over and happen so we could write about it and maybe slow down and start enjoying a little Bulldog basketball and thinking about spring training for baseball. Well, all that's to come, but so is our sponsor, Bet Online, where the game starts. Yep. We're still here in 2023 with our good old sponsor, Bet Online, which remains your number one source for all your betting needs this season, whether the NFL, the bowl season, which just concluded last night, to eSports. You'll always find the latest odds and team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, and probably a few that I couldn't imagine. We're always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, leagues, and events. Head to betonline.ag to join up and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, capitals B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And if you're liking what you're hearing, or if you don't like what you're hearing and just want to have fun with it, give us a rating on Apple Podcast. How about it? All right. 
Everything's gone crazy at Mississippi State. Everything's out of control. We might as well just shut down the program, shut down the athletic department, because nothing's happening. It's just all a mess. Now, having got that out of the way, I'm only echoing what a few of the, uh, let's just say, more emotionally fragile in the fan base are venting at this moment because a few things are not taken care of yet. Now, things aren't out of control, but there are things still be put in place. And time is starting to get short because the spring semester for school gets going, which means strength training for football, which means they want to know who their position coaches are when they start having those meetings ahead of spring camp. Zach Arnett, let's give the man credit. Uh, we didn't, we haven't had a chance to talk since the bowl win, and we must, must not overlook that. That was a great day for Bulldog football. A frustrating day in a lot of respects because the Bulldogs could have taken care of the game much more soon than they did. In a way, though, how the Bulldogs were able to win it at the very end just kind of summed up so much about the grit, the desire, the character of this club, and of the coaching staff that held things together after the shocking passing of Mike Leach. Yes, as we talked about, the game was to honor Mike Leach, and the Bulldogs did that in thorough fashion. The game was also to welcome their new coach, Zach Arnett, and get him off to a good start as well. But that game was as much about the 2022 team and season itself, and they made it a fitting finish to a campaign that could have gone sideways so many times and so many different means. I mean, let's go as far back as something almost overlooked now, the death of Dave Nickel back in camp, uh, early, early season. I'm sorry, early in the year. <sighs> I got to get back into the rhythm myself there. And that shook them up and forced Mike Leach to do some changes on his offensive staff. And in fact, there was talk that Chad Bumpus might come back. He was offered a position with the running backs, decided to decline it and stay with Utah. And of course, now he has another Pac-12 championship ring as a result. But now he is at Mississippi State because of the staff shakeup in the aftermath and the offensive staff is being reassembled with a coordinator yet to be named, but he's going to inherit a couple of good Mississippi-based coaches who will do their part to improve recruiting. Uh, go back and read the story we wrote with Zach Arnett in sometime later December about how Mississippi has got to be at the core of recruiting for this football program, uh, certainly high school recruiting. And you see these hires and think, Oh yeah, Zach Garnett meant exactly what he said by bringing in Chad Bumpus, Bulldog receiver legend, and uh, not so ironically, the guy that was part of Dan Mullen's first recruiting class that transformed State's receiver position, which was almost non-existent before that year. Now it's going to be up to Bumpus to take this latest group of receivers and the ones still coming in and hone them into a probably different, not radically different, but different offensive system where you'll have one wide receiver coach and you'll be focusing more with a true running back coach and other positions. Hey, dare I say, maybe a tight end. I'm careful whispering that because you never know these days. Yeah. And Will Friend, offensive line. I've seen some uh, people frustrated because I think they pay too much attention to bitter fans and a few other places. Some of the coaches he ended up working for were doomed from the start at places like Tennessee and Auburn. All I know is that according to one metric over the past 15 years, all of his offensive lines have rated in the top 20 percentile in college football. And I mean FBS football, Power 5 football. That's enough for me. The fact, of course, that he is a Mississippi guy. Okay, he played across the state line at that other school, but he still knows Mississippi, recruited Mississippi, and he and Chad Bumpus 
with our good friend Tony Hughes staying on the defensive side. Thank you, Lord. I think that Zach Arnett has got a core of a Mississippi recruiting staff. Oh, and that almost sets aside the fact that Brad Peterson has been brought back. Thank you again. Great guy, great high school coach, a good assistant under Dan Mullen. I wish he could have stayed through the previous regime, but hey, that's all over with. He's back now. I think State is really going to be able to attack the home state even better than ever with this staff in place. So that's going on on the offensive side of the ball in particular, but of course Hughes on the defensive side as well. Hey, Tony recruits all positions, including specialists, so you just got to love how this is developing. So Zach Arnett, boy, did I get distracted there. I wanted to give credit for the bowl game and how he held things together, which he did, but he also held the recruiting class together, which we have discussed, he and the staff there. And, and thanks to coaches like Steve Spurrier and Drew Hollingshead and others who've already moved on and found new jobs because they did their part, too, to keep that class together and bring in skill position players that this next staff is going to take advantage of. The bowl win, it was just, I, I can't reflect how much of a relief it was because after what that team, what that staff had been through since the middle of December, anything less than a victory would just have hurt a little more. Instead, they go out smiling I mentioned in one of my post-bowl columns watching Coach Arnett watch his team. Zach's a very emotive guy. We've teased often about the fact that the guy in charge of holding him on the sidelines is now going to be serving double duty because Zach will be able to attack officials both on offensive and defensive plays instead of just defenses before. But the fact that he just stood there and let his team celebrate while he soaked it in. I'm standing there with Dr. Mark Keenum, who made the decision to promote him from defensive coordinator to full-time head coach. I turned to Dr. Keenum and said, you picked the right guy. And Dr. Keenum just grinned and thoroughly agreed that for a fellow who was uh, raised out west in the mountains, did most of his coaching in California, in three years now, Zach Garnett has made himself not just a Mississippi State guy, but a state of Mississippi guy. And you just had to enjoy it for him. But now the bowl win is there. Mississippi State finishes in the top 20. Yes, the Bulldogs are a top 20 ball team for 2022 season. The final polls came out this morning. The AFCA coaches poll has them at number 19. The Associated Press, number 20. Yes, top 20 status for Bulldog football for only, I believe, the 10th time in program history. And most of those times, of course, have happened in the last decade, dozen years or so. But still, when a team has gone through what it did to come out top 20 on the other end with at least one ranked scalp at the time, uh, that team is no longer ranked after Mississippi State knocked them out of the polls in the Egg Bowl. Enough gloating for now. It's just a fitting finish for one team, but also a springboard. Yes, we use that word a whole lot down in Tampa, talking to Arnett and the players. Springboard. Well, they got a great big bounce off that board. Now let's see which direction the Bulldogs take off flying in after getting that extra bounce from the board. Well, where do we start? Okay, offensive coordinator. Uh, Arnett attended the uh, AFCA coaches convention up in Charlotte the first few days of this week. We understand he's back in Starkville or will be back in Starkville sometime on Tuesday. Will he bring an OC with him? Eh, I kind of doubt that, but I know he's bringing more names back. Yes, Mississippi State made every effort last week to hire Kendall Bryles as the offense coordinator. Going through his resume, writing a story, which now we'll never see the light of day. Two things stand out. One, 
The guy's legit. I know people want to talk about how Arkansas struggled this past year. Well, with the quarterback issues they had, losing so many super seniors in the offensive line from the previous two years, he did an excellent job, I thought, and he would have been an ideal complement to what the defense state's going to be in coming years. It didn't happen. If you want to say state got played, well, then let's also say that Arkansas got played too because one way or another, thanks to the super agent in the sport, Mr. Sexton, Kendall Browse was either going to come out with a raise or a new job. He settled for the raise, and now Mississippi State keeps looking for somebody to get a new job to. Well, that's just how the game's played, and you better be ready to roll with the punches and go in another direction and not have regrets about it, which I think Arnett, being a defensive guy at heart, is going to handle pretty well because if you don't adjust fast, you can't adjust at all. He's going to make his moves now. But he's not going to make a quick fix. He could have reached out and grabbed several guys almost immediately. By the way, there was never any steam behind the Mike Bobo talk. That was a flyer put out mostly by Bobo's own people. Boy, did it get our boards going. And we do appreciate the business. Don't misunderstand that. We appreciate the business on the Jeans Page Dogs Bite message boards. But that was never going to happen, and a lot of the angst and agony being shown was a little overblown there. It's okay. We're all in a hyper-emotional state of mind at this point. Me? Would I like to have a Kevin Johns coming in? Absolutely. And if you want to talk about, well, he's up in Charlotte, and John's over there in Durham, and well, it's over a two-hour drive. I actually made that kind of drive uh, once or twice. Um, with our Kathy's house up there north of Charlotte and made the run over to Cary through Duke country. So it's not that far, but uh, moving from Duke to Mississippi State, eh, I'd love it. I don't see it at this point, but maybe it could be made to happen. Keep in mind now that uh, coaches, let's just go ahead and throw this out there now. You know how name, image, likeness money is going to matter in getting players Well, name, image, likeness is going to matter in hiring coaches too. Assistants, coordinators, and yes, head coaches are going to look at it and say, what resources outside the official university funding and reach do I have to work with? I think that there's some assistant coaches right now that would come to state from some programs that think, is it better than the situation I'm leaving? Can I get the players to make me a success and move on professionally in my own future? Those things are going to matter, and Mississippi State is still admittedly behind the curve in NIL. And whether they get ahead of that curve ever or not, that's a topic for a different day. I know Charlie Winfield and crew are working as hard as they can on this, but at the end of it, resources are what you have. Now, Kevin Johns, we'll see if he's in play. I've been a Chris Hatcher fan for a while on this one, head coach at Samford. Yes, his entire career has been spent coaching at the lower level of the game. But you can't argue with results, and you certainly can't argue with his offensive repertoire, a guy who played for Mike Leach and Hal Mummy, coached under both of them, then made his own name at the level, has put a variety of offenses on the field, and he's not a pure air raid guy either. He has run games involved in his offenses too. I could certainly throw my weight behind that one as well, and uh, I think he would be a kind of a tough-minded guy compared to other offensive coaches and fit in well. But that's just me. Now, you're going to see a lot of pure fantasy names out there. Again, it goes back to, all right, I'm going to say this. Looking at last night's game, there are people saying, why can't we pull in X coordinator from a certain school? 
Uh, shall I remind that they're already making really good money at the places they're at that Mississippi State would have to match? But B, what if you're at TCU right now thinking, well, we're going to start working the portal hard. We've got resources. TCU has good NIL opportunity. I don't know what the status of their program is in that regard, but I do know that TCU has turned out some fairly wealthy alumni who suddenly are going to care a whole lot more about football than they did before. And they're going to be in a much weaker conference once Texas and Oklahoma leaves. That's going to be a sweet job out there in Fort Worth if you play your cards right. So I would not look to pluck a guy out of that just for the glamour of coaching the SEC. Because that means you're coaching in the SEC. And you're coaching at Mississippi State in the SEC as well, playing a murderer's row most years. By the way, while down in Tampa, I had a chance to talk to an SEC representative further about future scheduling. It's a topic we'll be coming up in a future week or so as we develop into spring, once we get through the aftermath of the 2022 season entirely, about what's going to happen with SEC scheduling, the Power 5 mandate game, conference shuffles, all sorts of things. Let's just say that there's going to be some changes ahead. I don't think the change is going to be necessarily beneficial to Mississippi State as far as the scheduling specifically. Still much to figure out as far as that goes, but we had a chance to talk, and we'll have more to talk about in future shows on this. All right, back to this coaching staff. I mentioned Bumpus and Friend and how much I approve of that in combination with Tony Hughes as far as recruiting locally and the fact that they've both been recruiting for other programs regionally and nationally can only help as well. We do know, of course, linebackers coach Matt Brock has been promoted to defensive coordinator. That was automatic. I'll never forget the look on Jet Johnson's face as he described to us in postgame at the bowl that he had no clue Brock was doing the play calling, not Arnett, until midway of the fourth quarter. And since Jet ended up with a dozen tackles, he said it worked out really well for him, so he approves. We expect any moment now, I've got a story written, hopefully it gets activated soon on the site, that David Turner will be brought back as defensive line coach. Great guy, great coach, third tour at Mississippi State. He's produced enough NFL guys to stock a roster. Just a good solid score by Zach Arnett, should this prove to be true. And what's going to happen with the others? Well, we know that Mason Miller and Jeff Phelps are out. They've been released from their contracts. I'm sorry to lose Coach Miller, but when you're bringing in Will Friend as offensive line coach, the writing was on the wall there unless you could shift one of those to the running backs coach, which means that Jason Washington's status is still unknown at this point, but his contract is also up, so there could be a release there. Where does this leave a coach like Eric Miele? No way of telling this point. We're just going to find out more as it goes on. A lot will depend on who is hired, and a lot will depend on who is not hired because there's still some wiggle room to keep a few of these staff members around. Is it ideal to turn over the entire offensive staff? On paper, no. Practically, I think this offense can handle it, because when you're returning almost all your offensive line, a proven quarterback coming back, a touted freshman coming in, you've got good receivers coming back. Not only that, with the running backs, with Joe Marks and Simeon Price and some signees, you've shown during the course of the season, especially towards the tail end when the ball was run more or during the midseason when they were being thrown 3-8 defenses to look at and Will Rogers checked into run plays regularly, this offense can adjust. It can twist in different directions. It is not confined to the pure air raid, which is what I once feared when Leach was hired, that should he ever leave or something happen, and of course something, the worst thing, did happen, State would be stuck trying to revamp totally. No, I was wrong blessedly wrong in that regard. 
State will not have to change from the air raid. State can adapt from the air raid because no offense, unless you're running a triple option or something in modern game, does not have air raid elements. But you can do other things with the personnel you have returning and the personnel that you've already recruited. So I don't think it will be a big shock for any new offensive coordinator to come in, take control. Now, it may send a signal to a couple of players that you've got to raise your game or expand your game in certain areas, but radically change? No. I think State will be in good shape to take the players you have on the roster right now, including the freshman quarterback, Chris Parson, who will be here for spring ball. Thank you very much. I think State can come out of spring ball with a good idea of A, where they stand under the new system or revised system, whatever it is, and then what needs to be done in the second portal recruiting period of May 1-15. Speaking of the portal, uh, State's latest departure will be Jevin Banks, defensive lineman. You hate to lose numbers on the front, but I think those um, that's a sign that he knew some younger guys, sophomores who got limited playing time this past year, even some rising juniors, will be raising their game. So he decided to go find places where he has a chance to get a lot more snaps. Obviously, the quarterback room's a lot thinner. Sawyer Robertson's out. No surprise there. Well, okay, a little surprise. I thought he was going to stick it through spring ball and use the second portal if he didn't emerge. But then the changes in the offensive staff, he's probably taking the jump as best he can. Hopefully he finds a landing space. Already Braden Locke, the one I really wanted to keep, he has found a landing spot at Wisconsin. And Daniel Greek has gone to Tarleton State back in his home state of Texas. Good news from the portal. Xavier Thomas has backed out. So State has its proven punt returner, kick returner, along with two Lou Griffin coming back next year. And hopefully he makes the same moves that Griffin did this past year, transforming from just a kick returner to a genuine receiver threat. Now it's time for Thomas to make that same transition. And Chad Memphis can certainly take a guy like him and start working into slot-type jobs, take Tulu, put him at his truest position, and really start expanding the repertoire of that receiver bunch. So, like I said, the portal stays open through January 18th. Perhaps if you're able to get an offensive coordinator in in the next couple of days, he might either bring a player or two with him or work the portal really, really quick and see who's available to shore up some things that the, this is where having some coaches hanging around to tell you what you got and what you don't got would help a new coordinator because he's going to have to really absorb that roster fast if they plan to make moves ahead of January 18th. At the same time, they have the luxury now of however early or late he's hired, of go ahead, take care of spring football, and then in that May two-week period, find guys who are leaving other schools after their own spring football shows them where they are or aren't on the rosters at their current school and look for those to come to Mississippi State and, if to be you know fair, process certain players on this current 2023 roster who just are not going to factor into the revised offense Mississippi State is going to be putting on the field this coming season. That's going to be a busy portal period for the Bulldogs, so don't panic if they haven't filled in all slots as of January 18th. Well, okay, they need a kicker. Goodness knows they need a place kicker, and I would be much happier if they could steal one right now and see if he can kick in scrimmages come spring. That would help. They certainly need at least one more good safety who's proven he can play at this level. I'd love to have another offensive tackle. Really need a deep stretch wide receiver. But again, I think with Bumpus taking over, you'll see a difference in how these receivers are used. 
Maybe had this happened sooner, Ra-Ra Thomas would have stuck around, but are you going to blame a kid for going to the two-time national champions and NIL opportunities that are floating around in Georgia right now? So those are the things State could take care of here in the next week, but keep in mind, again, you've got that second portal period, and I think there will be more bodies available because, remember, everyone who entered the portal period this winter is not going to have a landing spot. There's going to be a number of guys from all across the country who have no place to play, I'm sorry, practice, or even attend school in the spring semester, and that's going to set them back. It's going to be an object lesson to the portal, and to my mind, why the portal timing has got to change. When more and more kids get left high and dry, yes, by their own choice, although some cases forced by coaching changes or other events, maybe the NCAA, in one of the few waning acts of power they actually have, will adjust the transfer portal to allow for teams to make coaching changes, teams to get through bowl games, and players to figure out are they turning pro or not, then have your portal sometime where they can still enroll for summer school, and I think it works out just as well. That's a lecture for another day. Speaking of NCAA, no. How about the college ball playoff, which basically is superseded the NCAA in running college football? Well, Dr. Keenum is due back today, we understand, from out in Los Angeles, where the chairman of the board of the CFP committee has been taking care of his duties of that organization. I remember I talked to him back in November, just casually, in a meeting at church and said, how long do you intend to keep doing this? He said, I'll do it as long as they'll have me. And I said, well, that'll be a while because they sure as heck need you out there. What Mississippi State is going to need is a new athletic director. Bracky Brett has been filling the seat now for two months and had no crises to take care of. No, having an athletic director on the job would not have automatically, it may not have even practically meant that an a new offensive coordinator would have been hired. Some people just need to dial it back a little bit and think a little more logically and a little less emotionally. There's nothing the new AD would have done to change the events of December, nor could Mississippi State have rushed the AD hire. Now, should it end up being Jared Benko, which right now, if I was pinned to the wall and said, make your predictions, I'd say 55% Jared Benko will be the athletic director announced to take charge again. But that, again, that's not a, a wholehearted uh, confirmation of it. So take that for exactly what it's worth, which is nothing at this point. What I'm saying is, had Mississippi State pulled that trigger back in early November after John Cohen's abrupt departure, I guarantee, as the man used to say, quite a few of y'all, and maybe even me too, would have said, why rush it? We owe Mississippi State a large national search. Find who's interested. Get a judgment of the job by people who could take the job. It's owed to this program not to just jerk the knee and grab somebody and keep moving ahead business as usual because business ain't going to be as usual in coming years. Things are changing with NIL and the portal, conference realignment, all sorts of things. But in now the same people who will be screaming that you rush the process are agonizing that the process is going too slow. Well, you recall the tragedy that interrupted everything as well as canceled the meetings that Dr. Keenum had with a series of at least three finalists at the time. There may be more since then. 
and those had to be rearranged because all those guys had their own jobs at the time. No unemployed ADs out there being sought for this time for Mississippi State. Mm -mm. We're not getting any retreads. State's going after somebody who's got a job and a good job and offer them a chance to make this their job. Then the bowl games, practically everyone concerned. In fact, of the five guys I see on my informal list, they all had teams playing football as well in bowl season. So interviews were finally rearranged for this past week, and now with Dr. Keenum back from the playoff, I think it's going to come down to Binko, who I've mentioned. And you know, I've never been shy about the fact that I like him. I'd be thoroughly happy to have him as athletic director because he's been at Mississippi State five years, and Mississippi State is a rather unique situation that is not for anyone or everyone. If you want to take that as an insult, feel free. But this is a unique situation in regard to where we are, who we are, who we have to play against, who we have to recruit against, and what our resources are and what they aren't. Somebody who understands that is off to a head start, and Jared Benko, after his years particularly as chief financial officer, understands exactly where Mississippi State is in the big scheme of things because he did work, after all, at Georgia's alma mater, at Auburn, at Arkansas, and now at Georgia Southern the last few years, so he's been on all ends of the scale. A guy who's been on the top end of the scale is Zach Selman. He is now Associate Athletic Director out at Oklahoma, still rather young in the business. Yep, he's one of that Selman family, and he didn't play for Oklahoma, though. I found it interesting that uh, either he wanted to make his own name or just Oklahoma with their offense wasn't interested in a tight end because he went and played four years and lettered at Wake Forest in the Atlantic Coast Conference. But he's returned to his um, to his uh, birth school where his sister played basketball, his father and uncles played football, the famous Selmans. And he's been doing a bang-up job, as best we can see, out in Sooner Country, fundraising, all sorts of things. Yes, there's some political elements to his job descriptions that make a uh, codger like myself go, eh, is that really necessary? Haven't we gone through a little of that uh, with the previous athletic director being sometimes more concerned about political impressions than the pragmatic approaches of trying to keep winning programs at Mississippi State? Okay, that's my only editorial comment for the day. That said, if those are the two top candidates, I think State's going to have a good choice either direction. It looks like John David Wicker has faded from the view, although he certainly still has remaining advocates out there, particularly a few in fundraising positions on this campus, and that can't hurt. I believe uh, Mike Alford, one-year Mississippi State student and baseball player, is going to stay at his job at Florida State, although it's interesting to read in social media some of the comments he's made to Seminole Country about where they stand as far as facilities, money, makes you wonder, uh, would he be interested in getting out? And my thing, too, is he's probably also looking at that Atlantic Coast Contract TV deal that runs through, what, 2020-32, maybe, maybe 35, but certainly for several more years, which locks the ACC into a disadvantageous TV contract compared to the SEC, the Big Ten, even the Big 12 at this point. So maybe he would look to get out. Then again, Seminole Athletics are trending in the right direction uh, as far as they go. I just think now, from all indications, it's going to come down to Benko and Selman, and I believe that one of the two will be selected for the final interview sometime this weekend, uh, even before the weekend. Now, as a, a friend and associate on campus said, no white smoke today, obviously referring to you-know-what with the choice of a new pope, but... Maybe that uh, black smoke 
it keeps going, but sooner or later it's got to turn white because they're going to pick an AD, I firmly believe, by early next week. We'll know who it's going to be. And do I have stories ready? Well, of course I do. I'm not going to get ambushed by this. Plus, it's kind of a busy time of year as well because there's Bulldog basketball to be covering. And there's so much still to be covering. There's so much still to be talking about. Did we think we are going to slow down? Well, I wished, but nope, not here. We haven't even got around to Bulldog baseball. In fact, I saw Chris Lamonis watching the women's basketball game this past Sunday. Hey, good job by Sam Purcell's team giving South Carolina a big fight. And I want to ask parenthetically, when the heck did Ston Staley turn into Nick Saban in the eyes of basketball officials? Even Saban doesn't get the favorable fawning treatment that her team got. Yeah, they're good, but they didn't need those calls. And still, Purcell's team was able to play them almost right down to the wire. Of course, a big win in the books for Chris Jans. Broke that uh, two-game SEC loss streak. Now, how are you going to call it a loss when you're playing two of the top ten teams in the country in Alabama? Let's get real. State, of course, has lost its own top 20 ranking, but they got that win over Kermit Davis and Ole Miss. Was it a little harder than necessary? Yeah, but maybe that's why you appreciate it more. Now they're at Georgia Wednesday night and a chance to steal one there. I think if they come out of their first SEC stretch five games, because Auburn's on the horizon, if you come out of that two and three, you're probably exactly where you expected. Then you just need to go find ways to defend the home court, and I think you're in the NCAA tournament. The key is stealing at least one road game. I feel good about two now. With the return to Ole Miss, I think they've got an excellent shot at South Carolina as well. So the season is setting up to be a productive one for Jan's first team. No, they can't shoot, except sometimes they can. And they hit a couple of three-pointers, which changed the battle with Ole Miss around entirely. It's still going to be a team that relies on defense, on rebounding, which right now, he said, is kind of befuddling him why this team is not better on the defensive boards than they are. But... Hey, you can work on rebounding. Shooting, either you can shoot or you can't. And right now, this team is going to struggle to shoot. But that's just the reality of it. Still, once you get past the top four, maybe five teams in the SEC, it's going to be who's shooting that night at all. And if you keep playing consistent defense, where State did not do well at Tennessee, uh, talking to Neil Price, he said that that was the first time this season he's seen them come out and just kind of go flat on the defensive end, and it paid. But then again, Tennessee is for real as well. If you bring that defense every night and just catch fire in a few stretches in every game, this team has a chance to contend with almost anyone they play the rest of the season. I think they've got an excellent shot now at making that NCAA bid, which in and of itself would be quite an achievement for Bulldog basketball, getting them back on the right track. And as I've said ever since he was hired, let this man recruit either from high schools or the portal a couple of genuine offensive players in Bulldog basketball is back. And by the way, so are the crowds down for Coliseum. That was a good one there on Saturday for the battle with Ole Miss. I expect to see some good crowds again through January. It's just good to have energy back in a Coliseum, which is still under renovation, still to be completed. But it's just no coincidence you're seeing building on the on the building and building on the floor as well. Wow. If we covered a lot of ground today, ooh, we're already getting right up on 35 minutes as well. So it's time for me to slow down and time for you to get back to whatever you were doing. If it's checking our message boards on Gene's page 24-7 about latest hires or rumors of hires or hints about hires, well, 
get back at it. All the traffic does our business good as well. And we're just not throwing out stuff there, by the way, to draw your interest and tease you. We're trying to find the best information we can. Steve Robertson has probably spent more time on the phone this past two weeks than he did all his years covering recruiting. And that's saying a lot. So stay tuned. We've got some stories written. We'll be writing some more stories, trying to be ready for the offensive coordinator hire, new coaching additions, and soon the new athletic director. And one way to keep up with it all and review it and do either abuse or use the information, right here in the doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, David Murray, and thanks to our sponsor, Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll be talking to you again, maybe even have a second podcast this week to make up for the one we missed as soon as an offensive coordinator is hired, because we'll certainly want to talk about that in depth as well as the athletic director. So keep checking this site for a new commentary on the doghouse. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.